Okay, if you'd like to turn to the Gospel of John, I'm going to be reading the text for my husband from chapter 2. The Gospel of John, chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Amen. Amen. Trust you all had a happy Christmas. We did. Although we didn't sleep. Uh, A really interesting Christmas. But I believe God has got something so wonderful for, for us in the new year. I believe he is about to move in a fresh way and we're excited about 2024 more than we've ever been about a previous year and so I encourage you to come. You know why I want you to come tonight? Because there is so much power in covenant. So it's not just praying, but it's praying in agreement. God wants you to pray in agreement with others because he says where two or more agree with a thing, it will be done. So if you have a need tonight, for 2024, come, seek God, open your mouth, pray. Others will be here to agree with you and trust God. Take God at his word. Don't be clever and he'll do it. <laughs> he will do it. It doesn't say when, but he will do it because he is faithful. This, uh, this passage today, I, I love this passage. The first sermon I ever preached was on this passage. I love it. I just... Couldn't understand it for years and preached it poorly, but now I get it. <laughs> and you know what God wants to say to you today is this passage is very much about uh, water and wine. And some people, although we come to church diligently, we, we may be dutiful, we may be here even every Sunday, but all we've ever really tasted of God is the water of religion. And God wants to take people who only know about him and only have ever experienced religion, which is doing for God, 
And he wants you to bring you into something greater, which is the wine of his kingdom. And the wine of his kingdom is all about not only salvation, it's about his goodness, it's about deliverance, about healing, and it's about coming to know the king who so blesses his, uh, his people in his kingdom abundantly. This is a, this is a story, this is a, a narrative about someone having a need, one of God's people having a need, and when Jesus heard about it, he didn't just answer it, they needed maybe another 10 gallons of wine, but he took 120 or at least 120, maybe 180 gallons of water and turned it into wine. And he not only wants to meet your need for forgiveness and salvation, but he wants to release grace upon grace. He wants to release blessing, healing, deliverance, peace, and joy. So you can actually say, I know my God, and he is a God that brings not life, but he brings abundant life to me. Not all Christians can say that because they've only ever tasted the water of religion. But God wants to bring you today into the wine of his kingdom. Wine of his kingdom. And uh, I know this, this, this passage is about Jesus. Uh, and some people said the wine was an alcoholic in those days. You can't prove that. You can't make the Bible say what you want it to say. But I'll say this. When it comes to alcohol, be very, very careful. This is not anything to do with God blessing drunkenness. Alcohol has never made anyone better, but it's made plenty of people worse. Remember that. Just remember that. This is not a passage to just turn, you know, drunkenness as a part of liberty. And... Uh, but it is a passage about his, uh, his, his abundance and his goodness and his kingdom that he wants to bring us into. And I'm always fascinated by this. This is his first miracle, John says here. It's his first miracle. And the way he does it is, is with such ordinary people. And it's in such an ordinary setting. It's a wedding. And there's people there, ordinary people. And, and the miracle is done through the most ordinary of things. Not gold or silver. It is water. And I would have thought that the first miracle Jesus was going to do, he would have gathered all Herod's people, all the political leaders, and all the Pharisees, all the spiritual leaders of the day, and he would have gone bang and said, see, you can see I'm Messiah. <laughs> they didn't. He responded to human need. Because Jesus doesn't need to display himself. But he wants to meet your need. And he wants to meet it abundantly, whatever it is. You believe that? You believe that? You believe this is this a story about God, Jesus not only meeting a need, but meeting it with such abundant blessing. Do you believe God wants to bless you? Bless the socks off you. Yes. Because some people, they don't. And the, the, the religion will tell you you don't. You know, to seek the blessing of God is, uh, is selfish. And it, but you need to be blessed because we have to be blessed in order to be a blessing. And we are meant to be blessed, to be a blessing to the nations. So you can't be just eking your way and just grinding it out every day. You've got to be someone who says, yes, I know my struggles, but I know the fullness of the blessing. And this passage teaches us how the blessing 
of God is released. How it is received. And a lot of people don't understand this. Listen to me. Jesus Christ is God's king. He is God's king who issues commands. And a lot of people today, they can't come into the blessings of the kingdom because the Jesus they know is a construct of the human mind. It's a construct of the local modern church. And they've learned about this chummy Christianity where Jesus is your friend and he issues counsel and advice. And you, in all your wisdom, will consider it. But that's not who he is. He is the King of kings, and he is the Lord of lords, and we have to know his ways are not our ways, but we have to know his ways, and the way he brings a blessing that you can't contain into your life is through a command. He'll issue a command. They need wine, and he says, fill the water pots with water. He is about to do a miracle, giving them wine, but he commands them first to do something. And the command is go fill those water pots. And you see this mostly all throughout the, the, the Gospels. You know, when Jesus is about to do a miracle, release his power, release a blessing, he will bring somebody and command them. Man who is blind needs sight. Jesus is about to do a miracle. Give him sight. He says, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. Commands him. And as he goes and obeys, the blessing is released. Man comes, he's got a, a hand, an arm that's completely lame, hanging down, he can't do anything with it, and Jesus is about to give him a full arm. And he says, stretch that arm out. And when he stretches the arm out, the blessing the healing, the miracle is released. Even at Lazarus. Lazarus is, God's about to raise the dead, but he commands him, Lazarus, come forth. It's a time in the Old Testament. It is not even the New Testament. Old Testament, Israel is asleep, spiritually asleep, and it needs to be awakened, and God brings a prophet, Ezekiel, and he speaks to these, and he gives him a vision of dry bones which are dead, which represents Israel's spiritual condition, and in order to be awakened, he says, hear the word, hear, O bones, the word of God, and live. And when they respond to the command, and hear, the bones are awakened. So the way God releases blessings is through a command. And his commands, and what we're going to need, they're, they're not grievous. Whatever God commands you to do, it's, it's, it's the key that unlocks the reward. You, it, it, this, is, this, is, this is, you know, uh, it's not only to do with um, salvation, but, you know, we may pray for revival in the Old Testament. God, when he brings a revival, he says to Israel, awaken, awaken, O Zion. So they've got to awaken, and then he, he releases revival. You know, the, we want the world to be evangelized. Who wants the world to be evangelized? Jesus says, go therefore into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. There's a command before the blessing will come. Uh, even materially, you may have a material need 
And you may have a material, and you say, God, I have a material because God wants to meet every need, and if it's important to you, it's important to him. You know, material, and Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then his power will be released, and the miraculous will come, and everything you need will be added. And I remember having uh, this lesson taught to me that the way God blesses you is through a command which we need to respond with obedience. I used to have a shoe fetish. That's not very spiritual, I know, but I used to have a shoe fetish. I used to, I was, I used to really love shoes. Praise God for deliverance. <laughs> and, and, but I used to really, and when I came into ministry, when I started this church, I, it was really important. And I, I liked shoes. <laughs> and uh, I had no money, so I couldn't buy shoes. But I wanted to buy shoes. And I was, I was just constantly kind of, there was a silly struggle. But, but this silly struggle, there are people here, you have these same silly struggles. And you think God's not involved in any of it. He is. He's involved in all of your life. And God was speaking to me over and over this scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added. And I went through this wrestle for about nine months. Whenever I got a little bit of money, I would want to buy a new pair of shoes. And every time, the Holy Spirit would come. Even once, I went up to Sydney, and I was outside a shop, and the Holy Spirit convicted me. And I got my car, drove back. <laughs> and for six months, I wrestled with God with this thing about shoes. Then... I have one friend who's rich. One friend, he's, he's completely rich. And uh, he rings me after six months. And he says, ah, oh, I've got a, something I'd like you to pray about. Would you come to my house? So Michelle and I, we go and we think we're going to pray. We're going to go and pray. And so we do, we go and pray for his house. And at the end, he comes just out of nowhere. And he says, I don't know why I'm saying this, but what shall I shoe you? I'm not going to tell you because I don't want you to buy me a pair of shoes. I've been delivered. <laughs> I'm set free. And so I tell him. And he goes back into his house. And he brings out these shoes. Each pair costs over $1,000. I don't need shoes like that. But God was, he, it, it, it wasn't the shoes. It was the principle God spoke to me about. And I so learned who God was, that he's a God that is interested in every part of your life. I don't want to make you mature, but every part, he wants to bless every part of your life, but that blessing is only accessed through obedience. I am absolutely persuaded, and I know within my heart of hearts, those shoes, which represent other things for you, would not have come if I'd bought my own pair of shoes when God was saying, don't. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That was my job for six months, just to seek his presence, seek his kingdom, seek staying righteous with him. And it unlocked the key to his blessing. And this is how God blesses us. He commands us. He commands us. And when we obey the command, it brings us into the supernatural power that only he can bring to your life. And so, 
You know, you want this church filled with converts. That's why we go into all the nations, because he told us to go into all the nations. Our job is to obey. And when we do obey, that's how his power is released. That's how we know he is with us. That's how we know he is answering our prayers. It's through the key of obedience. Unlocks answered prayer. Unlocks his presence in our life. Unlocks his power. So he commands them. And he says, you're needing wine? Go fill these water pots that contain 20 or 30 gallons in each pot. And so, you know, there's no cups, there's no bottles here. Because he's about abundance. And so they have to go and get their pitcher and, and they have to fill these pots. So they've got to go down to the, the bale or wherever the water is and they come back and they've got to, they've got to fill these pots with water. Now, they want wine. They want wine. They need wine. And he says, fill the pots with water. And there's no obvious connection between water and wine. And they could have said to Jesus, because people are like this today, they think they've got to tell God what to do. They could have said, this, it's not a purification ceremony work today. You need water for purification ceremony. This is a wedding and you need wine. And some people were like that. We want to tell God how he, Jesus, how he is to act, what he is to do in our lives. But praise God for Mary, because she comes along with this, this advice for the ages. And if you remember nothing about this sermon, remember this. She comes and says, whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, do it. You're wanting wine, he is saying water. And she says, don't worry. Whatever he says, do it. Because this is the point. The commands of Jesus, the king, are not to be questioned. They are not to be reasoned with. They are to be obeyed. You know, this, your reason, is what often stands in the way between you and your breakthrough, is your big noggin. We reason things out, but God will not give you a reasonable faith. Because he is... Not irrational, he is supra-rational. He's beyond reason. That's where he operates. That's how his ways are. And he says, you want wine? Fill water pots. And he'll say to you, you want healing? Forgive her. You want a financial breakthrough? Go and honor your parents. It seems to be there's no relationship. And you may be someone here who uh, you, you may not even be a Christian, but you may be a drunk. And you may think, I, I need, I, I've come to church because I want to get out of this drunkenness. I keep drinking and there's got to be a solution and maybe it's, it's got to go to some group or whatever. And Jesus will say to you, believe and you'll be saved. What, what has belief got to do with overcoming my alcoholism? But she says, don't worry whether the two things are related. Don't worry if it's logical. Just whatever Jesus is saying to you. 
It may seem totally unrelated to your problem, for your need, but whatever he's saying to you, obey him. Obey him. There is so much power when we obey Christ. I love the scripture says, yours is not to reason why, but to obey. It's we've got to trust in the Lord with and lean not. That's right. But when he's telling you to never underestimate the power of a little step of obedience. There is such power because that's how he unlocks a blessing. That's what unlocks the breakthrough. That's what releases his supernatural divine activity in your life. That's what brings you out of the water of religion and into the wine of his kingdom is simple obedience. When we obey the king's command. There's a guy called Naaman in the Old Testament. And he had leprosy. And he was this little girl. She's great. She's not, even, she's not even named in the scripture, but she's a great. She's in the kingdom of God. She's great because she saw a man in need and she brought this man, this king, to Jesus. It's such a great thing when you bring somebody to Jesus. So she brings him to Jesus and he's got leprosy and he's been told how people that are healed of leprosy come to this man of God and he waves his hands over them and as he waves his hand over them, some, something happens and they're healed. And he comes, this is what's he, what he's expecting, and he comes to the man of God who represents Jesus and he comes to him, Elijah, and Elijah doesn't even come out to meet him. Elijah just gives the command to his servants and tell this guy, who's a commander, to go and wash in the dirty Jordan seven times. And this guy's thinking, what? There are better rivers back in Syria. And the power of God is about to be released and his leprosy is going to be totally cleansed, but he nearly misses it because he says, what's, what's the Jordan got to do with my leprosy? And his servant has to command him. And he, he goes in and he dips one, two, three, four, five, six. Six times he's still got leprosy. But seventh time he dips, comes out completely cleansed. Just by obeying. Now, Jesus says to them, you need a miracle, you need wine. He says, fill the water pots with water. I love this. Fill the water pots with water. And what did they do? And they filled them. But listen. Verse 7. They responded. Filled them to the brim. Now there's two ways you can fill a pot. You can fill a pot, turn the tap on, or go and get water, fill it up, and most people would fill it till it's nine-tenths full. That's how you can fill something. Or you can fill it till it's actually the water is actually lapping over and coming over the side. That is what it is to be filled to the brim. And they responded to the commands of Jesus 
by filling it to the brim. Filling the water pots to the brim. And what this represents, this represents is when God gives you a command to not do it reluctantly, to not do it half-heartedly, fill that pot, not just full, but fill it, fill it to the brim. If God says to you, believe me for something, believe him with all your heart, trust him like a little child, believe God is going to do it, he's my plan A, he's my plan B, he's my plan C, put all your faith in him. If he tells you to go and seek his face, seek him with all your heart, turn your TV off, turn everything off, get up in the morning and seek him with all your heart. If he tells you to preach, preach the gospel in season, preach it out of season, preach it when you feel like it, preach it when you don't feel like it, preach it when you're well, preach it when you're sick, fill the water pot to the brim. God says you to forgive somebody, go and forgive them and then pray a blessing upon them for 30 days. Fill the pot to the brim. Fill the pot to the brim. Why? Because there's so much potential in that act of obedience. Don't leave anything out. Don't leave any detail out. God says, intercede. Go and cry out to God until he answers. Why do I say that? If you turn to two kings, there's a king, and he has a need. There is an enemy that wants to destroy Israel. Israel is the people of God, and you may think, what's this got to do with me? But if you're a Christian, you have an enemy, as soon as you become a Christian, he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your, your salvation. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your health, he wants to destroy your business, and periodically he's going to attack you. And here he is, this man, this king, he's being attacked by Syria, who is the enemy. Syria represents Satan, because these are types. And he's being attacked, so he comes to the man of God. You see it in, in verse 14, I'll read it. Elijah becomes sick when there's sickness which he will die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him, wept over his face, and says, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Elijah said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows, and he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elijah put his hand on the king's hand. And he said, Open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot, and he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. Man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you'll strike Syria only three times. See the similarities here? This, he comes to the, the, the man of God. And he has an enemy that's attacking him. And Elisha gives him an instruction that seems unrelated to his problem. Because when an army is attacking you, you respond with an army. And Elisha is saying, take these, 
take this bow and just fire it out. I'm going to say deliverance. It's going to happen. I'm going to say strike the ground. It seems to be totally unrelated like the water to the wine. And he gives him an instruction. And the guy's thinking, this instruction is trivial. You know often that the, the, the instructions that bring the greatest breakthrough are just trivial. God may about to bless your socks off you and he may just say, give that guy over there $5. And you think, that's silly. That's silly. And so here's this guy. He comes and God says through Elisha, I am going to, look at it, verse 7, 8, I'm going to deliver you from this enemy. And when God delivers you, you are delivered permanently. And he said, I, you have destroyed them. So God was about to deal with this enemy where he's going to deliver Israel permanently by destroying the enemy. God himself was going to get into the battle like he does in many times in the scripture. He was going to set ambushes for the enemy. He was going to make the enemy turn upon them. He was going to totally annihilate them. And all this guy had to do was respond to the command with full obedience. But you see, when he receives the command, he's like, yeah, this is what unbelief does. And he strikes the ground three times with his arrow. And it's not a full obedience. It's not obedience carried out joyfully and zealously because it's the word of God I've heard. And so he, he doesn't fill the water pot to the brim. He just carries out the command half-heartedly. Instead of permanent destruction of the enemy and deliverance, instead of having the enemy permanently obliterated and removed for his life, he just has three temporary victories. The enemy is still there. That's often the case with people today. We want to be delivered. We've got battles. They're ongoing. But our obedience, because it's not filling the water pot to the brim, is costing us. We're fighting the same battles. But when Jesus tells you, gives you a command, obey him, even if you don't understand it, it is the key that's going to unlock his power. And obey him immediately and as full and as best as you possibly can. Fill the water pots to the brim. That's what I feel God's saying that you need to do. God wants to bring you into a place of great blessing, great victory. He wants to release joy that you've never experienced, peace like a river. He wants to bring you into a place where you know him, not just about him, and you know his blessings. You know the fullness of his blessing. You say, I'm so blessed because then I can be a blessing to other people, other nations. Wants to bless every area of your life. Wants to bless it abundantly with his goodness. But I want to tell you, the only, thing, the only one thing that will, you can come in here, you can, you can jump, you can pray, you can shout, you can do it all you like. There's only one key that unlocks it. The key is obedience. Obedience to the king. And I feel that God is saying that today. Is there areas of our lives 
that God is speaking to us and we're not relating to him as king. Maybe we haven't received him as king. Maybe we've only ever heard this gospel of chummy Christianity where he's your friend, he's your brother, but he's not. He's the king of kings. He's all those, but he's also the king of kings who must be obeyed. Not because he's punitive, but so he can reward us because that's how his ways works. I love that, that the end passage of this, pa- uh, this past passage. I, uh, I just love it. You notice the MC. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he didn't know where it came from. But look at this. The servants who had drawn the water, they knew. They knew. So there's an MC. It's like someone in church. They're, 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 Jesus is in the proximity, and miracles are happening. Miracles of salvation are happening. But these people, the MC represents someone who, you know, is not uh, free, maybe religious, but he's not a kingdom guy. But he's in the house, and miracles are happening. Jesus is releasing miracles of salvation, and people are coming and getting saved, and he, he doesn't know how it happens. He, he, he sees it, he even tastes of it, but he's like, I, I, I can't figure this out. I, I don't know how this miracle happened, how this miracle of transformation happens. And you know, religious people are like that. They, they can be like the older brother. They, they, they hear about the new birth, and they hear about being born again, they hear about someone having a totally transformed heart and being completely changed from the inside out, and they go, I, I don't know about that. I don't know. I, hear it. I can't relate to it. I don't know how it happens. But you know what? Those who filled the water pots, they knew. They knew. Those who obey him, those who fear him. The Bible says he reveals his secrets to those who serve him, who fear him. So these people, even though they were nobodies, they're not any part of the miracle. They came to know how something has changed from water to wine, how a sinner is changed to a saint. Oh, God. I'm so grateful to him because I know how it happens. Happened to me. Happens to all those. You come to know not only him, not only about him, but you come to know Jesus and you come to know him intimately and you come to know him in a way other people never know him. How? Through the power of obedience. Just through filling your water jar to the brim. And the question for you is, what's your water jar? I tell you what everyone's water jar is. They had to go and bring the water to the MC. Everybody is to bring people to Christ. That's what it is to fill your water jar. They were active in this wedding. You've got a gift. Everybody has received a spiritual gift. When you use that gift for his kingdom, you are filling your water jar.
You know, it's, it's like, never underestimate. Just simple Christian obedience. Just obeying the word of God. Doing the simple Christian, just obeying. Being kind. Because these things, these little acts of obedience, normal Christian obedience, they have no power in themselves, but they connect you to the power. They bring you, they bring his power into your realm. Just little acts daily of obedience. No power in themselves. But they bring us in connection. Because we have no power in ourselves. But our obedience brings us in connection with his power, with his blessing, with his grace, to miraculous breakthrough, to being kingdom people rather than religious people. I, I had a year last year where I, I, I was so blessed it almost scared me. <laughs> I, said, I just, I just I got so blessed. doesn't mean there wasn't problems. <laughs> I, was, I was just so blessed. So many areas of my life, God was just blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing. And, and I was just questioning God when I was coming back from my last trip. And I was saying, God, this is just so amazing. And he just said, but this is who I am. This is who I am. It's like, I thought I knew that. But it is grace upon grace. He didn't come to give you life. He came to give you life in abundance. He wants you to be blessed like Abraham was so that you could be a blessing to the world. He wants to fill your vats to overflowing so you can give to others. Fill your life with peace, fill your life with joy like those water jars so they're not only full, they're overflowing with his presence and his love and his peace because it's only in that place you can give out to other people. How does it happen? How do you receive the blessings, the full blessings of the 180 gallons of kingdom wine? You become obedient with your water. What's your water? Maybe it's to forgive somebody. As I said before, maybe it's to honor your parent. Whatever God's commanding you to do, and he is a king who commands us, do it. It's the key. Unlocks the blessing. Do it. Even if you can't understand it, when you know it's him, even if you suspect it's him, do it. And do it with all your heart, all your might, all the strength. Fill your water pots. Continue to fill your water pots and fill them to the brim. What will happen? You won't have life. You'll have abundant life. You will have and live in the wine, the goodness. Got nothing to do with religion. But you know his presence, his peace. You'll become a full wine 
kingdom person. That you can be a blessing to others. These miracles, they're not stories, they're not historical accounts. They are for you and me to lay a hold of and walk in. Amen? Bow heads, I want to pray for us. Father God, I thank you. You came to save us. You came to forgive us. came to heal us. You came to deliver us from every torment. Heal us from every disease. This is your promise. You came to deliver us from out of every pit. You came to set us high on solid ground. Lord, you came to bless us. You came to bless your children. You came not only to answer our prayers, but to answer them in ways that are exceedingly abundantly above what we could imagine or think. You want to reveal yourself as to us as the king who brings abundance to his people. And Father God, when you give us that command, even though we want wine and you say water, Father God, help us daily not to lean on our own understanding, but to obey you. Father God, where our, where our obedience may be lacking, Father, show us what we need to add. And I thank you, Father. There are keys to your kingdom. There are keys which unlocked the blessings, the victory associated with your kingdom. And you have given us one today. You have given us a key. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Take your key. Take it with you and use it. And use it so that you can say, I too have been so blessed by God. I'm able to be a blessing to many, many people. Amen? Get ready. If you do that, use the key. 2024, God's going to bless the socks off you. Or the shoes off you. <laughs> Hoping here.